That's true. There was, there was. I, I watched. A I am recording in case you're wondering. Okay, I watched a TikTok of a guy who was doing one of those old old songs, and he came running up to a guy, and he did the ooh e ooh ah ah, and waited for the guy to pick it up. And the guy thought he was making a racist remark. It was like, no, bro, it's a what? No, it's a song. And wow, it, it, yeah. And I was like, ooh, I know that one. <laughs> ting, ting, walla walla, bing bang. He thought he thought the guy was making a. I don't even understand that. He thought he was making monkey noises. Oh my god! I was like, oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah, <laughs> I I see where that's coming from, but no, that that oh, wow, that hurts. <laughs> okay, so no doo-wop or anything that has like yeah, you don't want to. Yeah, no. Wow, that's wild. Okay, well, that's um, that's one more thing you've learned on the Give Me Five podcast. This is episode 284, <laughs> and it's brought to you by the uh, Give Me Five patrons, who are awesome. podcast a semi-entertaining show about extremely entertaining things this is side a uh is this a side a or is this just the episode it's just the episode just the episode this is the episode um my name is luca and i happen to live on the second floor i'm I'm the b on the second floor in apartment 23 (laughs) we also have sherlock of 221b baker street uh, indubitably, what does what does Sherlock say? <laughs> elementary, yes, elementary. Sir, elementary, my dear Rob. Indeed, wow. Um, this week, what do we have? Flaming, uh, flaming hot, hot, yo, yeah, that's the one about the Cheetos, the Cheetos, Cheetos kind of, yeah. Um, I watched the three part Netflix documentary Arnold, and it was really good. And uh, we also have, ooh, Transformers: Rise of the Beasts. Man, Ooh, Arnold is very, very driven. It's exhausting watching that. Okay. You know what else is exhausting? <laughs> what? No, well, no, there's another documentary that we, we talked about we haven't watched yet, but we all need to watch it. The uh, 30 for 30, uh, American Gladiators. Oh, yeah. I watched the first part of it. I was like, God damn. <laughs> Woo. What is that? What is that about? Cocaine and working out. The American Gladiators? You don't remember that TV show when we were kids? Yeah. Oh, so, oh, no. What I'm saying is this is a – oh, so this is a documentary about that show? Yeah, it's a 30 for 30 documentary about oh, uh, the American Gladiators. I missed the 30. Okay. Wow. Okay. They've got to all be dead, right? Um. No, I don't think they all are. So many steroids. That was the, what, early 90s, right? Yeah. Yeah. They got screwed over hard, too. I just thought it was interesting that they had these like completely like workout junkies, and then they stuck them behind a cannon that shot tennis balls. It's like, fight to the death, people. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, spoilers. We are going to spoil things. I informed certain hosts to not spoil the end of Rise of the Beasts. 
so that's a thing. Um, it's gonna happen. And <laughs> mo- when you least expect it. <sighs> so t- it. it's the title of his porn movie. <laughs> so at the end of Transformers, uh, uh, they yeah, all die. Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. There's no spoilers because that's you know like the dude's life, and Flamin' right. Hot is kind of the guy's life. So we'll talk about that. Um, but we do not try to spoil major or spoil any major twists. So if that is something that worries you, uh, step away. See what you're going to see. Come back. News time. Yeah, what do we have in the news? Um, There's a lot. Uh, for you comic nerds out there, John Romita Jr. has passed away. Actually, it's John Romita Jr. or John Romita? Uh, John Romita Sr., sorry. J-R-S-R, I should have written. John Romita Sr. has passed away. He uh, Not only was he one of the like original comic book artists, but he also started a school that brought in a bunch of people. I'm sure you've, if you ever read comics in the past, there was like this one ad with a... Uh, um, like a barbarian looking dude. It was like, learn to draw comics. That was him. Uh, most well known for Spider-Man. Uh, he did pass away at the age of 93. His son is uh, John Romita Jr., obviously, and he is still alive and still draws Spider-Man periodically as well as other things. He also, I believe, did some Superman stuff also. But some of the most famous comic book covers of all time were done by him. Uh, the Spider-Man uh, wedding cover with like the Spider-Man shape heart and the you know the Mary Jane and Spider-Man bride thing that one the green goblin carrying uh, Peter Parker away uh cover and of course the Spider-Man no more cover with the uh what's it called the the mask like in a garbage can and him walking away with his head down were all him uh he was you know one of the big deals of comics and lived a long life and has just passed away so our condolences and check out some of his work. Cause he's, uh, he wasn't the most, I'm going to say he was dynamic, but he's not like my favorite artist, but you always knew what was going on in his panels. He was very, very good at telling stories. So I got that. I guess I can stick with comics. Do you, do you guys like the GI Joe? I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Do you, do you like I, uh... the transformers? I'm aware of it. I've 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 heard of that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, GI Joe's and Transformers. Uh, they had comics that I guess they started off at Marvel, and then they went to uh, some other company that I forget the name of. It was a subsidiary of Image. They went to IDW, but IDW lost the license recently, and like, well, where are they going to go? Um, apparently. They are going to, I've lost my link, there we go, to uh, Skybound. Skybound is the company that did, uh, let's see, uh, Walking Dead comics, the original, um, I believe, and uh, Invincible, which is a comic show and a cartoon show, which could be interesting. And they are working on some sort of big crossover called Void Rivals. Uh, This is Robert Kirkman. He is... An awesome, awesome, awesome writer, and I'm hoping I'm getting all this right because it's been a while since I've been in this world. But uh, he, I think he was the creator of Walking Dead. I really hope I'm not messing that up. No, yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. So he knows what he's doing, 
Uh, he does tell very interesting stories, and he um, is working on this crossover series called Void Rivals, uh, which I guess is all based on uh, the Autobots Jetfire, which was one of my favorite mm-hmm. Autobots. And they find some kids find Jetfire, and I guess use it to transfer back. I don't know, some sort of portal thing. I haven't read it yet. But apparently it is going to combine Transformers and G.I. Joe comics. And they will pretty awesome. share a, do a shared universe. And hopefully with some big name uh, creators on involved. And if it takes off, then maybe, maybe we'll get some animation. Uh, and I do love me some uh, G.I. Joe. That's really awesome. Those are my two favorites as a kid. And most people that are listening to this should rush out immediately and purchase themselves a HasLab Dragonfly. What is that? It is a very large helicopter that is being it is being uh, crowdfunded by Hasbro, and it's already passed, so it's going to happen. But the more people that do it, the more figures we get, and I want to see some more figures. So, yeah, they just announced the second one, and I was like. What the hell is that? Yeah, uh, Glenda is the name. That's one of those like deep cut characters from what did I say? Argentina or Venezuela? Argentina. Mm-hmm. The more Argentinian GI Joe line, of course, Hasbro was huge, but in other countries, it was like, why do we care about a real American hero? We're Argentina. So a lot of times, what they would do is like repaint the characters. So they repainted an old Scarlet figure and created a character called something Glenda is her nickname, uh, whatever. And she apparently was uh, like a flight trainer who was supposed to be a badass pilot. So if we get to a certain number, there will be the first ever G- uh, American G.I. Joe version of Glenda. She also showed up in a couple of the comic books, too. I got a chance to look it up today. It was actually a trending search for a while when it was first announced. So apparently not a lot of people knew who it was, who she is. But looks cool. So I wasn't the only one is what you're saying. Correct. Well, they but they did what they should have done. And they made Scarlet blonde. So she's, you know... Better looking. Whatever. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ouch. Which is funny that he would have a problem with that considering he is blonde. So I kind of just complimented him. <laughs> Which is something that you, you do that all the time anyway. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Throwing out the compliments to Rob. Yeah. <clears throat> My lovely redheads are under fire enough. Because <laughs> they have no souls. Oh, jeez. so what's going on with mickey's christmas party well i found out today that apparently uh hollywood studios will be hosting several mickey's christmas parties this year and it's one of those uh, i believe they're they're suggesting that for the for the hollywood studios mickey christmas parties that you show up uh very dapper like uh you know Nineteen uh, twenties dapper or whatever, I guess. Oh, okay, I was thinking more like I was thinking more like Scrooge, you know, walking around with the top hat and stuff. You could do that as well. I don't do dapper. Go fancy. With I it. think they're just uh, uh, they're they're suggesting that you do. They're not re- they're not requiring it at all, yeah. mind you. But you know, it's a. I'll pull out the fancy Pearl Jam T-shirt. There you go. It's got a little bow. Yep. Perfect. Interesting. And uh, yeah. well, the last little bit of news here is also theme park related. The first, <laughs> at least I think it's the first official announcement for Halloween Horror Nights has come out, at least of the haunted houses and 
that is also something I'm trying to find. Um, <coughs> it is The Last of Us is going to have <coughs> a house at both Halloween Horror Nights. That is, of course, Hollywood and Orlando. I'm very excited to see that because uh, they always do a really good job with plants in the haunted houses. They've done those two, mm-hmm. like, plant overrunning the world houses, and they were both great. So it'll be interesting to see how they're able to differentiate The Last of Us from that other thing. I know it's not really a plant. It's a fungus, but still. Um, so there's a little video that they released, which is uh, kind of fun. So it is uh, – take. this is also awesome. It's taking place in Pittsburgh. So Yay. Cool. Uh-oh. I've heard of the place. Yeah. Zombie Ben Roethlisberger. <laughs> Just saying. Uh, so yeah, so you have to the people going through the haunted house will have to navigate the Pittsburgh quarantine zone, including iconic locations from the video games, such as the creepy and desolate the Hotel Grand and a labyrinth of dark and dank tunnels. Um, you're a fan of dark, dank tunnels, aren't you, Omar? <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I uh, taking the fifth, I guess. I don't. <laughs> We know. We all know. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. The, the apparently the uh, guy that does the haunted houses, these the Hollywood ones, John Murdy, he's wanted to do this for a long time. So when the show came out, they're like, "Okay, now it's time." So uh, we expect a lot more HHN announcement. This is from Nerdist, by the way. HHN announcements in the weeks to come. So check out Universal's website to get tickets. And to keep an eye on what is to come in dark, dank tunnels. <laughs> in Omar's tunnel. <laughs> Wait, what? I said about? dark and dank. <laughs> okay, we have the episode title: <laughs> Dark and Dank <laughs> Tunnels. <laughs> Omar's dark, dank tunnels. <laughs> oh, I can't do this today. All right. Um... What? Shoot, I said, I said I can't. This is like every day, Omar. <laughs> I, I think I say that every time we're on. That's actually. true. Usually, it was, it's actually <laughs> earlier than some. Usually, it's like right before we start. It's whenever the 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 what I feel is the peak ridiculousness of the episode. Yes. So you are going to start off, I think, and tell us about Arnold. Um, never heard of him. So Arnold is um, documentary about bread. It's about <laughs> exactly. Um, it's actually a really good three-part documentary mini series, limited series, whatever you want to call it. Um, it came out June seventh, um, so it's it's quite new on Netflix. Um, it's about the life of Arnold Schwarzenegger, obviously. Um, you know, looking at the list, it's just they're just interviewing people, but it's uh, James Cameron, Jamie Lee Curtis. Danny DeVito, Linda Hamilton, Sylvester Stallone, Ivan Reitman, Jay Leno. The list goes on. And then it gets into like people from his youth and talks about that as well. Um, the synopsis is that it follows the life of Arnold Schwarzenegger from his days of lifting weights to his success in Hollywood and his time as governor of California and both the joys and volatility of his family life. And the tagline is pretty clever. It's one man, three lives. Each episode 
is supposed to be one of his lives. So episode one is when he's an athlete and it gets into his youth and his parents and things like that. Episode two is as an actor after he came here to do the Mr. Universe contests and all that. When, once he started acting and act three is American, which is, you know, when he was governor and all that in his later life. Um, <clears throat> I found this show very interesting. Um, it's, it's pretty open and you can tell like as he's being interviewed for the show, for the documentary, um, you know, there are moments when he's very kind of awkward and vulnerable and whatnot. It's so, I think, I think, I don't think there's a lot of BS here. I mean, it's hard to know because, you know, actors, they're going to protect whatever his legacy is or whatever, but, but I think it's pretty open. One of the first things um, he actually says, like, in it is bullshit, actually. Which I think it's funny. Is, like, they is do the... the, the at the very, very, very beginning, they show all of the little aspects of his life, and then it cuts yeah. to him, and he's sitting at a, that table, chair, desk, whatever he's sitting at. He's uh-huh. like, bullshit, and then it uh-huh. cuts in. That's right. I fun. forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's it, he's he's a super interesting person. Um, I, I he's I I've known this, but he's extremely intelligent anyway. And then I and then somebody in the in the movie quotes that one of the quotes is that uh, something to the effect that he's the most calculated person I've ever met. I think James Cameron said that about him. I can't remember who said that. I think it was James. Cameron. Yeah, it was James Cameron. Right. At and, least I've uh, only seen the first episode, but uh, mm-hmm. I, it's very, it's very good. It's in, it's beautiful. First of all, the, the shots in um, Austria where shows oh, it's like a small village. Oh yeah. And his home. Mm-hmm. In California, when they were showing it, like those aerial shots, with the like, I don't know if you, I haven't I gotten they, there yet. But the only thing I've seen him of his home is when he's uh, feeding his goats or whatever those are little mini. Oh, the, that's in this horses, as well. Yeah, like that's in, in his this kitchen. documentary. <laughs> well, there they, he has them like in a little field out back, and he and so well that's what it's it, later on. It's in the documentary. He's got this like field, and he just lets them like graze a little bit. I have not seen the kitchen. Oh, so it's the first episode. He's like, oh, it's time to feed the girls. And him and his dog, it's like the dog is sitting on his lap. And he's like, time to feed the girls. And they go outside and they, and then they show him in the house, like giving right, right. treats to the. Oh, maybe horses. I didn't notice the house part. Maybe I missed that. Um, yes, it's really interesting. There's a lot of things I did not know. Um, I was unaware of his brother. Um, Same. And I, I thought it was very interesting because you, with as much true crime as I do, uh, I, there's usually two ways people deal with a overbearing, abusive parent, uh, one of which is to just become greater than that parent and make money and such. The guy. I... Anyway, speaking of overbearing parent, my child was pounding at the door. Oh. Um, to either do that, you know, like become greater than that parent and become successful and kind of be like, screw you, I'm going to do it anyway. Or... Uh, in some cases, drink yourself into oblivion, like, uh, um, like, uh, like, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. What's his name? <laughs> Did you almost say Omar? <laughs> no, I was trying to. It sounded like he was going to say Omar. <laughs> no, I was not. I was. <laughs> For, Freudian slip? No, no, no. I was trying to remember his brother's name. His brother has a weird name. <laughs> Omar. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember his brother's name. <laughs> oh my god. That was. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> uh, Omar Schwarzenegger. Oh not Omar. I'm. Uh, oh my god. I actually wasn't. Uh, Meinhard. It was Meinhard Schwarzenegger. 
Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, he died. Yeah, it's close to Omar. <laughs> he died in a uh, drunken car crash in May May twentieth, nineteen seventy one. Uh, but but he like he mentions like you know we both had the same upbringing and we just reacted to it differently. And, yeah, he does say that. That's right. Um, and he's like he looks back and he's like it's it, like he's sitting in his giant mansion. He's like, yeah, it, I'm not going to say it was a terrible thing because dealing with my father is what got me here, but. Yeah, not everyone has that type of success. Right. And his father was like an actual Nazi, like not acting like a Nazi. Like he act, he literally fought in like the violent Nazi section. Um, he was living in Austria, obviously, I guess joined the, the Reich and he was in Leningrad, I think. Um, I think they said he fought in Leningrad and a building okay, fell on him and he was, he was stuck under the oh, building. Oh, he was stuck in for three days underneath yeah. the rubble. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, of course, they didn't really know much about PTSD back then. So that he was a, a little over the top. Uh, Arnold um, is like used – was if you go back um, uh, like to the 80s and like pick through all of your – and 90s and all of your favorite action heroes, I think he was my number one. Were you a Schwarzenegger, a Stallone person, a Jean-Claude Van Damme to get a little crazy? I liked all those guys, but Arnold was was number one, yeah. especially after Terminator. Yeah. But I, 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 I watched Conan in the movie, like in the theater. Oh. Like I was like seven or something. Oh. So like I've made Rob's I've known nipples who he hard. was for a long time. What's that? Mm-hmm. Made Rob's nipples hard. <laughs> so, but yeah, Arnold. I mean, he was tops, right? In my mind, yeah. Um, didn't he like all of his Terminator. movies, but I liked. I actually really liked his action movies, but some of his comedies were really good too. I was a big fan of Twins and that kind of stuff. Twins was fantastic. Um, enjoyed True Lies. Didn't enjoy Big Act or Big Action Hero, uh, Last Action Hero. Although I kind of think I need to see that again because people have said it's not as terrible as we believe. But Terminator Two is well. I'm literally holding a, a uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger T1000 or T100 skull in my hand. That's cool. As I say this, so it's on my desk to remind me of that awesomeness. So, anything else about Arnold? There's so much. Um, I mean, I'm on your team with... uh, I I feel like I learned a lot from watching this. Um, I remember there were issues with like his, you know, whatever family and then like divorce and stuff, but I don't remember the details. So it was kind of interesting watching, actually watching this was interesting because a lot of our lifetime takes place during this history. So I, it was, it was interesting as they're going through his acting career, which is what around when we were born getting started and then coming through now, it was kind of weird to be like, Oh man, 1992, you know, Terminator two or whatever. And then I remember literally like you guys <laughs> from then, <laughs> like where we, like, I just, it's so weird. It was, it was an interesting kind of walk through, through memory lane, um, which is so funny because it has like nothing to do with us. It's about this, this superhero uh, actor guy, yeah. but I, I liked it. I, I, I highly recommend the show. Speaking, speaking of, of superhero uh, acting people and all. I thought it was just the workout stuff is is weird to me still. Like the, the bodybuilder, the bodybuilding stuff. stuff. Like he starts off, he's like, "I want to be that." Like, I guess it's not 
too weird because I used to have pictures of like shirtless dudes above my bed too. Um, yeah, but I didn't know you took you were taking that picture of me. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean mine were really like slick. Axel Rose and you. But <laughs> like he's talking about how he would just lay there in bed and like stare at at these these like shirtless dudes, which is fine, whatever. But then it was like, and then we'd go off into the woods and just work out together. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, yeah. <laughs> And then they like do this like montage of like shirtless like Austri- Austrian dudes in small shorts doing push-ups in the woods. <laughs> literally. Yeah. Very literally like on the top of a hill. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly 13.57 or 13 minutes and 57 seconds into the documentary and I can get to that spot instantly if I need to. And I You have a bookmark. And I did need to. Yeah. You sure you want to watch this again? I can't do this anymore. <laughs> but I said it was very like it's just such a weird era. Like, like I would I couldn't think of like calling up anyone and be like, "Hey, want to go work out in the woods?" <laughs> you take off your shirt and do some crunches with me next to this lake. Like, never call me to do that. Not I will. Thank you. Yeah. Yes, please. Just a, a different time, different place. But it was good. It was good. It was good. Highly recommend it. Very driven dude. Yeah, which I found interesting. I like that. Yeah. I'm working on it. Uh, speaking of driven dudes, I'm going to talk about Flamin' Hot by director Eva Longoria, released on uh, Hulu and Disney+. Plus. June 9th, 2023, uh, starring Jesse Garcia, Annie Gonzalez, Emilio Rivera, Vanessa Martinez, Dennis Haysbert, and his voice, uh, Tony Shalhoub, and his voice, uh, Pepe Serna, uh, Bobby Soto, Jimmy Gonzalez, and Matt Walsh, the uh, the actor, not the weird dude that was talking about litter boxes. Um, anyway, uh, synopsis, this is the inspiring true story of Richard Montañez who has a Frito-Lay janitor disrupted the food industry by channeling his Mexican heritage to turn flaming Hot Cheetos from snack into an iconic global pop culture phenomenon. Uh, this is the epitome of the, if the legend is more, what is it? If the legend is better than fact, print the legend kind of thing. Uh, I liked it, but it is very up in the air as to how true it actually is. Mm. Uh, oh, okay. So... Is there a janitor that became a major, major player in Frito-Lay? Absolutely. 100%. Could it just be because he was able to understand how to market to Latin Americans? Uh, That's probably the case. Did he invent the Flamin' Hot Cheetos? We don't know. Uh, So I guess this is uh, 80s, 90s. I think when... Different plants in Frito-Lay were, it seems, I'm not, I wasn't there obviously, were very disconnected. So if they're working on something it, like the Minnesota plant, the people in the like south, the Southern California plant didn't really know what was going on, I think. But basically the story of Richard Montañez, he was basically a, a good old-fashioned street hustler. Uh, when he was younger, he made burritos and like all of the kids in school made fun of him because he was, you know, like the, when someone brings their weird ethnic food, 
Omar uh, to school, and Sorry. people mock mock them. Yeah, I it's okay. I, I got that too. Schnitzel. It is what it is. I got it too. I got the. Um, I would bring the the salami sandwich, like the Hebrew national salami sandwich, and it, of course, did smell like a fart, and everyone would mock me. They're dead now. Uh, anyway, um, but yeah, you know, they start mocking him. Uh, this, I believe, part is actually true. And then he made one of his friends taste it, and then of course started a little kind of small cottage industry, like literally selling burritos um, around the school. And then they kind of go away from that part of the story, and they show him just kind of getting into drugs and using his salesmanship that way, and doing other such illegal things, and then realizing, well, that's not really what I should be doing now that I have a family. Uh, so he gets a legit job as a janitor at Frito Lay, which also happened, and then. He want, he learns how to do everything there. So he's not just cleaning the machines. He's like – he knows what the pressure gauges mean. He knows all that stuff, and that's probably all true too. Uh, he actually learns it from Dennis Habert's character, Clarence Baker, who very hesitantly shows him stuff because it's back in the era of like you got to protect your job um, because of – it's kind of the part where where everything is starting to become mechanized. And you've seen so many movies from the 80s where, you know, they... Machines are taking over. Uh, yeah, not just the Terminator <laughs> aspect, but, like, we've all watched movies from the 80s where it's, like, people are upset about, like, moving a plane to Japan or or things being done with machines or whatever political thing is going on, which actually, like, Frito-Lay was basically hurting because Frito-Lay's target market got really hammered by Reagan. So they actually almost went out of business, which is weird to say now, considering everything is owned by Frito Lay. That's interesting, but it's like legit. Um, his his policies did not help. Uh, what would be considered snack food, they really aimed kind of towards the higher end stuff. So that was the big problem. Now one of the <clears throat> now the other side of it was that he figured out by going to the stores that no one was buying Frito Lay products in in majority Latin areas because they were boring. So when one of the machines broke, he brought home some untumbled uh, Cheetos, like just the plain, like, whitish yellow corn, or uh, I guess corn blobs. They have a name in the movie. He brought those home and started, like, spicing them up, which is actually really cute. And I think there's a few se se sequences. Eh, sequences. This is why I asked you before we recorded um, where they do the, like, the Ant-Man thing where, like, they do with Michael Pena where he's talking about stuff and then you see what's happening on the screen. They do that a couple times to the point of where, like, it makes me wonder if that's actually something that was, like, pulled from, like, Mexican cinema or something. Because it's, it's so much like it that it's, like, I thought it w was Michael Pena for a while, actually. But anyway, so they do, he does the stuff, and either he created whatever was this new spicy flaming Hot Cheeto thing, or they were also working on it. And use some other woman up in Minnesota or Minneapolis or I don't know, wherever it was, somewhere north idea. But either way, he knew how to market it to Latinos, so he did get it out there, and it became one of the most popular flavors. Quote, unquote, saved the company, uh, you know, and it show, and he became a vice president and has kind of continued. Uh, remember, because uh, Frito-Lay is, is Pepsi, so Pepsi, I think, was hurting back then, too, after, like, the Pepsi Coke stuff. Either way, it's 
it's very fun and uplifting. Um, I do kind of feel like it pushed it. I think that he might not have had as much uh, sway as to like what the final ingredients were because he was just creating the ingredients using like his spices. You know, he like went to the, the local markets and like mashed up all the spices and stuff. They show it. And I think that Frito-Lay initially was like, yeah, you know, that's not the way it happened. And then realized that, you know what, the story is better that way. And not a bunch of, like, scientists creating some flavor up somewhere. So I think that after there was, like, some fallout for them actually telling the truth, this is just a guess, the fallout for them telling the truth that they were like, no, it was it was him. Just a guess. Uh, there was at least one executive that was with the company back then that absolutely has said that it was him that created the flavor and the marketing of the flavor. But that's one out of probably many, many, many executives that have said the opposite. So I do not know. But what I do know, whether it's true or not, it was very entertaining. Uh, and I enjoyed it. And uh, okay. I went out and immediately bought a bag of Frito-Lay uh, Hot Cheetos. And now I have to remember to always wash my hands before I pee. <laughs> it's a lesson hard learned, but it's a are. lesson that I learned last night. <laughs> My generals haven't burned like that since I went on that cruise with Rob. Oh, my God. Okay. Actually, a few days after that cruise with Rob. <laughs> Is that how it works? A couple yeah, days it's a, later? It's a slow burn. <laughs> nothing a few shots right into the scrotum couldn't take care of. Oh, my God. <clears throat> there we go. I, that was fun. <laughs> when I, Thanks for that. You're welcome. I think... We're on to Transformers. Okay. I'm not sure if Rob is still here. Or if he's talking to a muted microphone. It is definitely muted, so we're going to assume... Oh, wait, hold on. There's something in our chat. Ah. Is there? No, no. Oh, I got to step away a second. Okay. That's him, not me. He said, I yep. got to step away a second. Uh, also, his name is Fuck Me, so clearly there's something bad going on. So we will stop. Okay. For a moment. Go. So I guess that brings us to our last one for the night, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So I went and saw Transformers Rise of the Beasts. It was released on June 9th of this year, 2023. And it is directed by Stephen Capel Jr., also known as Michael Bay. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> it, it does star uh, Anthony Ramos, uh, Dominique Fishback, Luna Lauren Velez, Dean Scott Vasquez, Peter Cullen is back as Optimus Prime. You've got Ron Perlman as Optimus Primal. Mm. Peter Dinklage. Actually plays Scourge, who is the villain in the movie. You know who Peter Dinklage is, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. course. Yeah. Michelle Yeoh is in it as Air Razor. Um, Pete Davidson plays Mirage. Lisa Koshi is RC. John DiMaggio is another Transformer Transit Stratosphere. David Sobolov is Rhinox, Battle Trap, and Ape Link. Uh, Michaela J. Rodriguez is Nightbird. 
Coleman Domingo plays the voice of Unicron. Uh, uh, Cristo Fernandez plays Wheeljack, and Tongai Chirisa is Cheetor. Basically, the synopsis is during the 90s, a new faction of Transformers, the Maximals, joined the Autobots as allies in the battle for Earth. Now, there's there's reasons that the that the Maximals have stayed hidden, so, I mean, that's that's plausible in Wait, itself. hold on. What? You said Cristo Fernandez. I just realized who that was. Who that was? He's the football is life guy from Ted Lasso. He's like my one of my favorite characters in Ted Lasso. Nice. Okay. He's like he's just like happy go lucky like Mexican dude, but mm-hmm. as soon as it gets to like the world play where he's playing for Mexico, he gets like incredibly aggressive, and like when he's playing against his own teammates, he like breaks their noses and shit. And then as soon yes. as it's over, he goes. As soon as it's over again, he goes back to like, "Hey, buddy, football <laughs> is life." Yeah, it's it's he's awesome. He's Danny Ross. Sorry, continue. Um, so there there is reasons that they you know that they get into as to why it's feasible that the Maximals have not been discovered up until now. Um, the movie itself isn't terrible. It's also not. I I mean it's better than like the last two or th- the, the, it's better than the two or three uh final movies in the original series the which was what uh Dark of the Moon the Last Night and you know Hope is bleak or something I don't know yeah I I don't remember any of them I just um it, it was just a big explosion CGI fest basically um. This one gets away from the intimate story that was Bumblebee, which was actually one of the aspects that I really enjoyed about Bumblebee, and I think one of the things that really worked for that movie. Mm-hmm. This Pretty this nice. gets away from that. You get a lot more ensemble cast going on and a lot more um, um, ridiculous high-stakes stuff. Um the the fight sequences were were good. I mean they were decent. The CGI was good, but it, it for me it just really lost something in the story. Um I mean it it wasn't it wasn't a terrible movie by any stretch of the imagination, but it also was was not my favorite Transformers movie by far. That one is probably still Bumblebee. Um there was no return of of Charlie even though Bumblebee was in the movie and they were back fraternizing with uh humans again. Um I'm still hopeful for that because I thought that uh, Haley Steinfeld did a really good job. Yeah, but she's like super famous now. Yeah, and they've they've advanced it so far that like if they make another jump for a third movie, um, they would have to get somebody else to play Charlie anyway because she would have aged like twenty some odd years. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Man, I really um, like Bumblebee. What's that? That was a great this- movie. If this continues the Bumblebee thing, which I was kind of assumed, but I didn't know for real, that makes me way more likely to see it. It it does, but it doesn't feel like it, if that makes sense. Okay. It's supposed to be a continuation of that storyline, but it but does not feel tone. like it at all. Yeah. It just has a different tone. Yeah. Well, this is like the next generation. I'm like, our, there's our generation, and then there's like the next generation Transformers, and I think this is where it's starting to get there. Mm-hmm. Because the original movie is really a lot of the the stingers and the new characters and all that stuff are really recreations of what we had as toys as kid. And then we went off to college, and I would go and like, "What's a maximal?" Right. Like, 
Yeah. Yeah. I was really excited when they started making these movies. Um, cause I thought we, it was cool that we finally, or I should, should say it's cool that we finally have the technology to make them. Um, and it's funny cause they're like, that's one of those movies, exa- movie examples that I give where, um, is it the best movie ever? No, but the stories aren't terrible. I guess some of the movies are worse than others, but they're just fun to watch. Like they're just awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's transformers. I'm not looking, looking for the best storyline ever, but um, I haven't seen all of them, but this one, I think I'm definitely going to see the, the music for the transformers movies is when I think that music, I usually think of Lincoln park, Lincoln, of course, which is also not my favorite band ever. But every so often, I need that, I guess, ear candy of Linkin Park, which is kind of the same exact thing as with the movies. Like, every so often, I do need to see robots transforming. Mm-hmm. And I just put it, on, I can put it on the background. Don't need to pay attention. It's almost like music videos. Because, like, if you put any thought into it, it's like, no, that doesn't make sense at all. Now, the, the soundtrack was 90s hip-hop. So it was a great soundtrack. Ooh. Yeah. 90s hip-hop. Okay. Oh, because it's Bumblebee, yeah. Took me a second. <clears throat> Wu Tang and the like. Yeah. Tennessee. Um, Tennessee. Tennessee. <laughs> so there there were there were some there were some good comedic moments. The acting wasn't wasn't terrible. Um I don't the I mean some people said that not having a big name actor in the movie um hurt them. I don't know that it did. Um, the, I thought the actors were okay. Uh, Noah, I felt was better than, um, oh, what was the girl's name? Uh, Megan Fox? Uh, no, Elena. Noah, the, the guy, Anthony Ramos, who played Noah, I thought was better than Dominique Fishback, who was Elena. But, um, I mean, all in all, it was... It, it, it was it wasn't like I said it was an okay movie. The special effects were were top grade. The you know of course there was tons of explosions. Um, that's why I made the joke that Stephen Cable was also uh, Stephen Cable Jr. also known as Michael Bay. Um, okay. They uh they did have they did have uh, a couple of very funny moments. One of the ones that I thought actually was really funny. It was it was just a a little like throwaway moment. They snuck in an F word, but they didn't say it. Is it like in binary or something? No. What they did was there's there's a and you actually see the scene in the trailer, so it's not it's not anything that I'm blow that I'm blowing away here. But there's a scene where one of the uh, one of the bad guys launches a rocket at RC, who's hanging outside of a van. And they slam on the brakes, and she spins the van sideways, and the rocket goes through the center of the van, you know, through through one side and out the other. Okay. And you don't see it in the trailer, but in the movie, you get a slow-mo close-up of R.C.'s face as the rocket is going through the van, and she very clearly mouths the word fuck. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, R.C.'s the, the, the pink... Girl, right? The pink motorcycle, yeah. Yeah. Not my proudest crush back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Not my oh, man. <laughs> you were more proud of Sonny? Yeah, yeah. That's really little, funny, man. 
little blonde gummy bear. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, all in all, the movie was good. You you probably lose something on the big screen. So if, if it's something that you want to see, I would definitely recommend going to see it in the theater. Okay. Get the full screen experience. Get the surround sound experience. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people's home theaters today are are, you know, very immersive, but... I mean, there's nothing like seeing it on IMAX and, in, in, you know, full surround. Yeah, I'm probably going to have to do that. I mean, I get it for free anyway, so might as well. Because of the Regal Pass thing that I have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. So we've seen pretty much every movie this summer. Just not, didn't get a chance for that one because we had visitors. I think I'm going to have to go see Flash this weekend. Yeah. You have to let me know yeah, what's, what too. was different from when I saw it. I don't know what's different from when you saw it because I didn't see it. I'll ask you. you. I'll ask you. (laughs) I know that, but I was going to give you. I didn't want to spoil anything, but I could. I could be like, and then this happens, and you'll be like, "Well, that wasn't in my version of the movie." So, oh, oh, we'll discuss. I want to talk to you after you see Transformers. I don't want to, but okay. I guess so. If I must. I don't think you have a choice. He seems yeah. pretty, yeah, pretty adamant. I'm looking at the cast here, there's quite a bit of uh, transformery people. So, uh, anything else about Transformers? Make sure you stay to the end. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember when it happened. I don't remember if it was before the credits or mid credits or after the credits. But there's there's a uh, there's a reveal. Oh, and this is specifically what Greg did not. What Greg asked me not to spoil. Blah 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 blah. I'm just saying I don't remember where it is. No longer on. I can't hear you. I'm just saying I don't remember where it is. You might have to stay all the way through the credits. I don't remember if it was before, mid, or end credits. Okay, gotcha. See, but that's a tip. That's not a spoiler, right? Yep, I'm. I'm very good at playing just the tip. <laughs> Again. I know. <laughs> Followed up by, ouch, ouch, you're on my hair. I, I, I can't, can't do this with you people. Actual audio of, of Omar climaxing right there. <laughs> so it, it's weird. And that's what it sounds like. But both of us were there, so <laughs> we know. Oh my god, that's so funny! I'm dying. I can't. I can't breathe. <laughs> uh, Rob, take us out of here. Well, that's gonna do it for us this evening. Um, I'd give you the contact information, but I want to let Omar fuck it up first. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't think so. You can go to GiveMe5Podcast.com. You can find us on Facebook by searching for the Give Me 12345 Podcast. <laughs> um, it's a Give Me 5 Pod. I can't breathe. Like, I'm still stuck on that last thing. Uh, give Me 5 Pod at Twitter and Instagram. Um, we also have a website. Give Me 5 Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, Every time, you never have to ask.
please write out the number F-I-V-E-5. You did it. How was that? Holy did shit. shit. <laughs> yeah. I'm fucking there you amazed. Go. <laughs> You're anyway, welcome. that'll do it for this evening, guys. Thanks for listening. And remember, like I always say, elementary, my dear dipshit. He's talking to me. To a time where-